welcome to this week's episode of the Making It in Asheville podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast where each week we sit down with a Asheville-based entrepreneur, artist, creator, community leader, and ask them what they are making in Asheville and how they are making it in Asheville. And this week we have uh, a multi-hat wearer and, and a uh, becoming friend of the podcast uh, and to... To kind of zoom out, what I see from Logan Hall, our guest this week, is just creativity. And so that creativity shows up in graphic design, brand identity, and visual work, and also comes out in music. And so, Logan, I'll leave it to you to introduce yourself quickly to the Making It in Asheville audience. How do you talk about what you're up to in Asheville? Yeah, of course, Tony. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've been a fan of the podcast for quite a while. Super stoked to be on it. Um, but yeah, I'm a graphic designer, illustrator, um, who works in brand identity primarily. Um, also general graphic design and illustration. Work my chops in that too. Um, yeah, and love just working with Brands, businesses, bands, uh, whoever needs any visual work. Um, and yeah, uh, that leads into also me playing music. I'm a bass player in a band called Pink Beds. Uh, we are fairly new, like cooked up an album over COVID essentially and just uh, just getting into the mix of things right now as uh, shows are opening back up. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you uh, for introducing yourself. And I- I'll say... I it can't pin when or how necessarily, but I saw uh, what's it logarithm creative? Is that your Instagram ha- handle? Yep, I p- operate under logarithm creative. And so I saw that real early when we moved to town, and have been uh, following you from the making it a Nashville account. I think for a very long time, uh, your your design has like a very, I'll say cohesive and uh specific look and feel at least to me how do you how do you describe what kind of designs you're into i know some there there seems to be a very wide range of looks and feels that could happen do you think about your design as trying to fit into a specific uh type strategy style yeah, definitely. Style is something that's really hard to put your finger on, especially for yourself. Um, I think it's just a culmination of everything that you've seen and done, honestly. Uh, and hopefully if it comes off as unique, that's a plus. <laughs> but yeah, I don't try to follow trends or, you know, anything specific. or So it just comes out as, uh, you know, hopefully you. Heard. And uh, there, there is now like a, a point where when I am scrolling and I see a thing, I kind of say, oh, I'll bet that's, you know, Logan. And often it is. And so uh, whether or not someone who knows more would say that is uh, totally unique. It, I now have a sense of uh, your your look and feel, and I really dig it. And then... I guess it was not so long ago, but months, all the while, uh, months ago, I pieced together with the help of John, our producer on the podcast, uh, that you are also part of like a 
really good local band. And so has which came first? Was it music and uh, like playing guitar in your house or was it sketching and designing? Uh, I, I've asked a question in the past. What is your you know, first language when it comes to creativity? Yeah, definitely. Actually, for me, they kind of kind of coincide. I first started playing music late middle school, early high school. Um, you know, loved the rock and roll gods, wanted, you know, to play guitar and stuff. Um, but yeah, as I met more people, uh, everyone needed a bass player. I primarily play bass in bands right now. Um, everyone needed a bass player, so I just started playing bass with some friends in high school. And as you do that, I mean, everyone needs essentially a graphic designer, someone to do the brand banding, band branding, you know? Um, yeah, so kind of went hand in hand. And actually at my high school, I was fortunate enough um, in a small high school. I grew up in North Wilkesboro between up in the mountains, like sure. in Northwestern North Carolina between Boone and Winston. Uh, was fortunate enough that our small high school had a graphic design program cool. that was funded. Yeah, it was actually really rare, uh, but it was funded by Lowe's Hardware, which was major corporation in the town so uh yeah we had some sweet max and just kind of learned to do that and promote the bands that i was playing in there um i love i I love that story that makes uh, a lot of sense and i'm thinking uh i'm thinking back i have like a very special part of my my heart and my mind for you know young bands my one of my all-time lifetime best friends uh i met in college and he's a singer-songwriter, and he's always had, like, a band project. And thinking back to those early days of, uh, you know, designing flyers for the show that was happening on July 4th at, like, you know, the retail store in downtown and the two yeah, towns. Over, like, exactly. it was so I mean, important. don't get me wrong. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was super bad, I'm sure. But, yeah, somebody had to do it. No. It I could, feel like that. It, well, I don't I think. Like I, that's a, Go ahead. Like, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I doubt it was bad. I think it was like perfect and exactly what it had to be or what was appropriate at the time. And I think of some of the like the more powerful, at least to me, like creators today. And I think like there is so much that's learned in those early days that can inform a real uh lasting stylistic like approach. Uh and so definitely I I think it's like a it's a it's a definite common thread with graphic designers is either you started playing music some sort of create creative out like like that um and also skateboarding people yes. that were skateboarders also turn graphic designers illustrators a lot yes all right so uh what how like it's so funny you think back to like the stories of steve jobs or uh you know bill gates you know by chance having the early computing uh, systems in their grade schools or high schools. And so you had a version of that in your high school, which allowed you to do graphic design. Um, so you help me, help me think about how it's progressed. You run your own kind of creative agency, creative uh, studio today. Um, but wh- how did it start? Where did it, where did it take you from high school? Yeah, definitely. Uh, since I was in that program in high school, uh, I jumped right in at college. I went to Appalachian State 
um, and graduated from the graphic design program there through the art department. Uh, after that, I worked in a small marketing agency in Boone uh, for a year after I graduated. Stayed in Boone because I was playing music <laughs> at the time. What was Boone like at the time? Is it? I hear it's cool. I also hear that you know it's a college town. So I don't know what to what to make of Boone yet. Haven't been. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Boone is maybe the most perfect college town. Um, I think the population is like around 30,000 with 20 plus thousand of those being college kids. So oh, wow. it's, it's literally you're in a town of 18 to 22 year olds, <laughs> which is a crazy thing in general. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, school's great. Design program was really formative. Um, yeah. Cool. And so then, uh, what what happens next? You you work in Boone for a year after school. Primarily, it sounded to stay in maybe a band or two. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. So I graduated in four years, and I uh, was in a band that we were playing quite a bit around there. Uh, so I just decided to stay in Boone to play some music and really cut my teeth freelancing that first year. Mm. Um, I like interned and worked in a little marketing agency there, but quit that freelance just during that year. Um, just kind of hustled at it, got some clients on the internet, just in a very rogue fashion. Um, but yeah, it worked out, made enough money to stay afloat and play some tunes there. After that, I moved to Boulder, Colorado. Uh, just because I had caught the Western bug all throughout mm. college. Um, beautiful place. I worked in a few agencies there freelancing uh, for some cool clients. Osprey Backpacks, uh, PepsiCo. Oh, wow. So that led to like some cool clients there. But um, after that, it was just kind of on and off. So I took an in-house position with a large cannabis company in Colorado. And that was an experience in itself. <laughs> I, I, uh, it I, I described this experience. Love to attempt. To yeah, understand. it was actually really cool. Like in general, in house, I probably wouldn't or wouldn't have seen myself working in house with one company. Uh, but this was a cool opportunity because it was a family of brands, so it was ran kind of like a small agency hmm. in itself. So we had like five or six different consumer facing brands uh, and each had their own personality and tone. So yeah, it, it kept things exciting on the work front. And then also a very cool company culture. Everyone was essentially in their twenties to early thirties, even like the owners. Uh, so that led to some fun stuff sure. uh, outside of work. Here's a question for you, right? So at, at this point you've had several years of agency, well, several several years of freelance design experience, and now you're stepping into this agency or in-house uh, design role that feels or or uh, at least rhymes with what it would be like to work at an agency. What are some of the uh, skills or lessons that you're picking up in these early days? Does it have to do with uh, setting price expectations, setting revision, uh, limits. Is it, uh, you know, do, do you hop into this cannabis company and, and realize that, oh man, they're running it more like a factory 
in terms of like you need to produce stuff all the time. What what are you absorbing early years of graphic design work? Yeah, definitely with uh, the Colorado company, I learned a lot about consistency uh, within brands and how everything should be, you know, shouldn't switch things up even though we are working on individual brands. All those brands need to be the same everywhere you put them. Um, Honestly, I learned a lot about just the business side of how a large business can be run Mm. uh, aside from design, you know, because that's like I've been working in design like, you know, forever at that point. Um, but never like saw the inner workings of how you interact with the sales team and how you interact with quality control and all these other departments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a really interesting thing to learn for sure that and, I wouldn't have gained otherwise. And or, or would would does that feel like perhaps one of the higher output moments in your time? Like how how big was it? Was there a team or were you the team for graphic design? We had a small marketing team. Uh, there was a director, a couple of marketing coordinators, and then me and another designer. Wow. And I imagine that's a pretty high volume of output across five or six brands. Yeah, definitely. We were cranking stuff out all the time. Cool. And so uh, your, your in-house, but perhaps the the, the mountains of North Carolina called called you home what what happens what happens next how long are you in boulder i was only there for a year um yeah i was with a partner at the time and she took a job back in north carolina because we were uh we moved there after app state uh we were both together there um yeah ended up moving to charlotte actually for a year and a half yeah uh, thankfully the company was actually going through some restructuring and I was able to work remote like way before remote was cool. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I ended up actually working with them two years, I think remote. Um, I was in Charlotte, was playing in a band there. Um, let's see, I was only there like a year and a half and then some opportunities arose and found my way back to the mountains where oh. I wanted to be. I love it. So this next step into Charlotte, uh, you know, I'm, I'm attempting to tease out if there are lessons, right? Did you, uh, you, you took maybe any job and it was fulfilling enough. I mean, two years sounds like it might've been the longest run so far at a single place. Um, what, no, I was with them for three years. Three years. All right. And yeah. this isn't the cannabis company. This is a Charlotte-based no, something. No, no, no. This is. So I was working. I was able to work remote for the cannabis company oh. in Charlotte. Oh, cool. I moved. Yeah. Got it. So, yeah, yeah. They were they were restructuring their company and like was taking on a lot of remote positions. So it just worked out. Cool. Timeline wise. All right. Right on. So, um, yeah. All right. That 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 makes more yeah. sense. I wasn't sure if you had you know taken a a, a new job in Charlotte and that job was no, remote no, no, and no. it was uh, okay. Cool. So you're still at the the cannabis company and then uh, opportunities show up in the greater. And then once once I moved to Asheville, yeah. yeah. Once I moved to Asheville, I was still working with them too. So that was I mean this is a three year span, but it was moving around a little bit. Right on. Um. Yep. So I moved to Asheville in. December or so of 2018 um, 
ended up quitting with those guys right at the end of 2019 uh, to go off on my own beginning at the beginning of 2020. Sure. How do you feel about that timing? How'd that work out? Um, honestly, it could have been worse. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody I feel like was going through a, this period of growth and change. Yeah. Uh, so it really worked to my advantage. Honestly, I had, and you also had the time, uh, like I hadn't really put together any of my workers shown in my work online for many of those past jobs for the past, like four years or so. So okay. like it was time to gather, you know, what I wanted to show to the world, um, organize the business, how I would want to, um, and then gain clients. So, I mean, honestly, knock on wood, it worked for, uh, worked to my advantage. So, so cool. Let's, I'd love to, if you don't mind go into some of the details on that. When you think about presenting work today, does that look like setting up maybe a Squarespace website? Is it um, some sort of specific to design? I can't remember. There's some website that is really good for design portfolios. Um, what is what is gathering and showing a body of work look like um, for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have a website, but I mean, majority of my traffic and what I do and show comes from a site called Dribble. Dribble, um, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Dribble. That's what that's what you're thinking about. Um, yeah, but it's a great site. It's essentially just a social platform for designers, illustrators, anything visual. Um, but yeah, you set up posts like you would on any social, and you tag them with relevant words. And a lot of times, like art directors. Or marketing directors, uh, they'll use that platform to hire out people for whatever specific project that they need. Um, so I've been lucky on that. Uh, worked with some cool, cool clients through that, and then also just Instagram, like that's been a main one for me. Sure, and uh, and uh, that that makes a lot of sense. When someone reaches out, right? So you mentioned you set up, you gather, and you you know display or or something similar to display and then you talked about setting up a business the way that you would want to uh you know the freelance logan of 2020 versus the freelance logan of seven years or six years earlier what are some of the differences how have you decided to build your business this time uh with what you've learned over the last handful of years yeah, definitely. Like the the first little stint at it, it was essentially just getting anything that I could mm. just to make some, you know, get some cash flow. Um, now that I've honed skills in, uh, skill sets and whatnot, it's more just focusing on a few key things that I think I'm good at that I, I can, uh, you know, that helps my clients the most. Sure. Um, yeah, definitely. And that's like brand identity, which is a small portion of branding, uh, but usually it focuses in on logo design and the visual output, you know, of brands Hmm. that, and then just because of my music background, uh, I have a lot of music friends, music clients, music connections throughout the years. Uh, so different things in that realm or industry. And so I'd love to talk about those kind of each, if you, if you don't mind, when I think of someone needing brand identity is it most common that someone has a strong sense of what they think they want and then 
you have, you know, maybe meaningful conversations to tease it out. How, how would it, how would it work? Or are you saying, uh, are you taking a, like a totally blank slate? Like, don't tell me anything. Just tell me what's going on in your business. And I'm going to tell you who you are. How's that work? No, it's like, it's a very collaborative process. Um, I mean, I could go through my whole process, but essentially I just like to meet with them. Um, obviously not in, can't really do it in person over the past year, few years or not. Few years. Yeah. Almost. It, it rounds uh, to a few years. Almost. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, but yeah, like to meet with them, talk to them, learn about their business. I mean, that's one of the most fun things I think about what I do is I just get to learn about a lot of different industries and a lot of different things. Um, always keeps it fresh. Always keep learning and growing, but, um, yeah, I like to meet with them, learn about their business. I like send out a questionnaire just to get some specifics, um, likes, not likes. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. And, uh, and then you just kind of go into the dungeon and you start by hand drawing. Do you go right into, I'm going to make a guess and say illustrator, um, how how do yeah, you also how, also like to create like a collaborative uh mood board with them and it sounds cheesy but i use pinterest, pinterest yeah no. it's a really <laughs> it's just a really easy way for people to pick things they like colors sure. fonts uh styles whatever cool yeah pinterest is like for better or for worse is probably like the most slept on of all these like social platforms been around forever but um you know when when my wife and i want to talk about what are we going to do in the nursery? There's really only one way to start to strategize that. And that's with Pinterest. So it makes perfect sense. Love it that you're using it the nerdy way. Love it. <laughs> I mean, it, you, you, you sort of, <laughs> no. it, it's like a perfect thing for like trying to communicate what most people don't have language for. Right. So I imagine there's, there's gotta be something that you've experienced in working in design where there are words and there are specific you know, there's like art and science to design. And then you have to communicate with people who know perhaps nothing of the art or science of design. And how do you empower them to tell you what you need to hear? We'll give them a, you know, log into, to Pinterest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then on the other end of that, after I've made something to show for them i give them specific notes on either like the history of why i'm doing what i'm doing why i'm choosing this color versus another color um and just things to help drive home the meaning of behind what i'm doing after we've collaborated on that and so in, in the on the music side i'm wondering uh are you interfacing primarily with like people in a band are you working with uh managers labels people you know trying to support a band how how is the music side of your world uh show up in art yeah at least for right now i'm mostly working uh with regional bands uh some of them are on labels but you would be surprised how much they leave up to the band to do oh um so i'm yeah i'm mainly interacting with members of bands cool um mm -hmm. i it's and then correct me if i'm wrong i feel like a, a little while back i saw stuff that you put out that I could have sworn was, you know, uh, it created with like uh, in some sort of design program, but they were like photos. Are you? Do you also do photography, or is that just something that I 
might have thought I saw. Yeah, I mean, I don't professionally sell photography, yeah. um, but I also, I mean, I studied, I essentially had like a minor in photography and I always loved it. Um, I have a nice camera, so, and a decent eye, so, yeah. uh, like, I think you were probably mentioning like a, a package design yeah, piece, yeah. Uh, that I had. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was non-moving subjects so that was a, a pretty easy one to get looking good but <laughs> yeah i mean i like to incorporate photography too some in my design work um that's one little style vein that i go down sometimes um so yeah i i, I like loved it I, yeah them. i think that that's a really that was a really cool thing and like the end did you design the packaging is that is like was it a full circle you did the packaging design and photography yeah exactly the photography was mainly to show the packaging yeah yeah beautiful um but yeah that was that was one client that i work with uh long term not like on a retainer base essentially but uh yeah i've worked with them for the past year and a half developing their entire brand identity they they went through like a rebrand and worked with me and another one of my partners that i work with sometimes um on strategy uh but yeah that was like a, a big rebrand pro project for the past year In the year 2014, I cut my hand open trying to do something fancy and open a bottle of beer. That little cut happened at 3 o'clock in the morning. My only option was to go to a hospital in New York City. That quick trip got me four or five stitches. Those five stitches cost me about $1,000 each, maybe a little more. I paid off that hospital visit for years and it made me never want to go to a hospital again. And so when we heard about Range Urgent Care in Asheville, who has a very convenient uh, model one that says, show up anytime, book ahead of time, and you will be seen when we say that we would see you. Uh, they do virtual visits, they do home visits, and they have a pricing model that is consistent, 149 every time you come in. And you can go in for anything that's not proper emergency care, 149 every single visit for x-rays, for stitches for uh, a checkup. You can you can go and not have to mortgage your home to pay off the treatment. How about that? Sounds amazing. Where would you go to learn more about this? You'd go to makingitinashville.com forward slash range. We have links to a number of range subscription options. I subscribe to a single person's uh, subscription plan cost me $30 a month and I love it. It gives me peace of mind. And I know that I will not go bankrupt if I ever cut my hand in the middle of the night trying to open up a bottle of beer. Rangeurgentcare.com or makingitinashville.com forward slash range to learn more about these plans. Oh, well, hey, congratulations. It looked, uh, it looked absolutely beautiful. And to hard pivot, uh, what's going on in mu like music for you? So we we went to uh Sarah and we uh so the whole making it in Asheville team uh took a took a trip down you to Brevard not Brevard. long ago. Uh, love to hear what's happening with the Pink Beds, who are really good and had uh you know a, a mix of originals which we love and you can listen on uh, Spotify, but some really funky and fun covers. Uh, for a very full uh, two-part set. Yeah, well, first of all, appreciate that. <clears throat> this is definitely a very fun group. Uh, 
really creative music, dancey, fun vibes for sure. Uh, all the dudes are really cool too. Um, been longtime friends with a few of them. Uh, we've all been in different bands and finally linked up during COVID uh, to make an album when we were all uh, just, you know, kind of open and, you know, just uh, quarantined in your own way, yeah, yeah, needing to create. Exactly. And we were all free from other projects mm. um, just randomly and it all came together. Yeah. Uh, so we're really just a, a fresh band with the new album that we're still promoting right now. And essentially with shows opening back up, uh, we've had just a handful of shows so far, but we've sold all of them out. So that's pretty cool. That is cool. <laughs> I mean, it's at lower capacity, obviously, because of COVID, uh, but it's still cool to say. So we played at the show that you went to at 185 King Street in Brevard. We played two of those. One Very, of fun Very fun it's venue. Very fun venue. cool, right? Yeah. yeah. It's always been like a music venue, but I think in the past year or so that someone else, oh, the Brewers from Bougem, mm. uh, they bought it and put like a brewery portion into it and like opened up the back and like doubled the seating uh, outdoors. So that, yeah, it's a really cool space. Uh, but yeah, we played two shows there, one in February, one, I guess, what was the one that you went to late May or something? Yeah, well, yeah. it's May now, so may, maybe April, maybe the beginning of April, April, May. Oh, no. Late yeah. April. Yeah, yeah late April, early May. That makes sense. It's not May now. It's yep. June. Holy smokes, um, it's June. And then we just played <laughs> Flying By. Yeah. Uh, but then we yeah played those two shows, and then we played two shows at Grey Eagle last weekend yeah. and sold both of those out. So, yeah, pretty, people seem to dig it. Pretty incredible. I mean, it doesn't uh, – the I, – I know, you know, not much about most things, and I know not much about music, but it doesn't seem like it's common – to start a band in a you know recording session right it, t- typically it's like hey let's i don't know meet in the garage i'm being uh, perhaps too naive but like let's play a while jam let's come up with some songs let's play them at shows and then let's record what we have and, and because of the pandemic it seems like you guys have done the the opposite the inverse and i think that's kind of crazy and cool yeah i mean i think it's a good way to work honestly um, create a product you're proud of before you take it out to the world. And I mean, that comes with also all of us playing music for a long time. Um, yeah. It, and Aaron, go ahead. Aaron, the writer, uh, he came out of a previous band with some uh, material already uh, that he'd wanted to kind of change up the vibe on. Uh, so that was a good starting point for it. Sure. And I was just going to say, it's and it's pretty clear that there's a lot of talent in the band. Um, one of the things that I find myself doing is like, how much eye contact is happening in this band? Like, wh- how how are they cueing one another? Um, you know, how tight are transitions between songs, right? Like, those to me, as not a music pro, but like are sort of like, they indicate either how much practice has happened, how comfortable these... Uh, the band is with one another, how much can go like perhaps unspoken. Uh, and I was very impressed at like how, how tight and fun and like in and out of whether or not it was a, like a proper jam, like, Hey, we're going to do this for a little while and just everyone have some fun with it. Uh, or if it was scripted hard to know, 
because of how smoothly you transitioned in and out of moments like that. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. We're still working on that portion. Uh, that'll come with time. But yeah, I mean, we we hit the shed and definitely got a little set together that we wanted to be really tight. Cool. Yeah. Well, I absolutely, uh, absolutely loved it. Enjoyed it. It was our one of like the first things I've done out in a long time. And the venue made me feel particularly like, you know, safe. It was open air. And uh, and so, ex- you know, excited to start doing things like that again. Excited to see see y'all perform more. I'm, I'm looking to the future now. What's 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 got your attention? What are you excited about for uh, maybe the rest of this year? Yeah, uh, we're working on new material constantly. Um, we're we're really lucky because a couple of the guys are producers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aaron, the writer, like I was talking about earlier, he works at a studio. So we get free studio time. Um, I'm a designer, so we get free design work. <laughs> and those are literally the two major money contributors for a band that we uh, got the hook up on. But yeah, we're working on some new material. Uh, we were actually in the studio last night, cranked out a couple of songs, or at least like the, the rhythm section for it. Um, and we're putting out a single on June 25th that I'm super proud of. I think it's some of the best work I've done musically, uh, and the production quality on it is really incredible. I think it's the best work Aaron's ever done so far. So wow, excited for that. Yeah, and we it's cool. We can collaborated with a few other folks from town. Um, we got two of the players, Alex and Kyle from uh, Empire Strikes Brass, which is oh, cool. like this horn section yeah. band. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna have a, a horn ensemble on this, and then one of our buds, Ryan Stigman, who plays pedal still. And you would think those two things don't go <laughs> together, especially with a group like ours, but it, it really does. Uh, I think it was called Waiting on the Day. You definitely heard it. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, I, I'm a little behind the scenes. I've, I've, I, I am familiar, but I've not heard that version and I cannot wait. So that's, uh, you said June or July tw- 25th? June 25th, okay. I believe. Yeah. Awesome. And some shows are coming up, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, we just got booked on for this really cool show at Great Eagle with this Nashville band called Okie Dokie. Uh, they're pretty sweet. Check them out. Uh, but they've collaborated on their last album with some some of uh, some really good artists that I really like: Liz Cooper, uh, Devin Gilfillian, Raylan Baxter, and they're just doing their own thing uh, to write. They're just really great producers and songwriters. So awesome! That'll be sweet. That is sweet. And that is July. That's July sixteenth. Cool. Uh, I will make a mental note. Those will be in the show notes of this page. Uh, this episode page on the on making it nashville.com i have perhaps perhaps one last question for you uh it is a venn diagram question when you hear Asheville and community what shows up for you well i think that's the biggest draw to this area honestly um like after living a few different places out west especially like a lot of cool folks um, everywhere you go, but especially like out West, people are very individualized. Uh, mm. It's like a culture of 
people that you're not going to get that attached to because you know everybody's going to be going their own way uh mm-hmm. it's just like a culture of visitors almost um but yeah the the community aspect about here is i think what besides from the mountains it's a beautiful homey place but yeah the community is just great very welcoming and warm uh it's not competition really it's like like i was saying with that more collaboration uh which is a cool cool thing (laughs) that you don't really get many places i I, that 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 response really speaks to me i i used to always feel we moved to Asheville from brooklyn and one of the things that i only found words for kind of late in my new york experiences is how uh especially in the areas of of brooklyn that i was in uh i I would say people who uh, look like me or worked in the industries that I w- worked in, which is like technology, it was seemed very transient, right? Like it, it seemed like, well, you know, I'm here now in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, but like this isn't home forever, obviously. And so I really, mm-hmm. my, Sarah and I, we try to put as much time and energy into like, how do we counteract what we, what we're aware of, which is like, I, we're not going to be in, bedside brooklyn forever but how do we show up and attempt to treat it like we will be and air quotes leave it better than we found it which is a really uh perhaps weird statement but um i i hear you when you say you know Asheville. while there might be people who come and go there is something that feels more lasting in the early relationships that we've built you know, like it, it sort mm-hmm. of feels like the people that we have, you know, come to know and befriend are going to be like forever friends, <laughs> which is not a feeling I've ever really gotten in New York. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, most people I speak to, it has that same effect on, um, I don't know, something in the water. Something in the water. Our number one export. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh Thank you for time. How do people find you, Logan, on the World Wide Web and support you? Uh, so, yeah, website is logarithmcreative.com. Uh, tag, Instagram tag is the same thing. And then Pink Beds is pinkbedsmusic.com. Tag is pinkbedsmusic. Wonderful. We'll have links to all of that in the show notes. Logan, thank you so much uh, for dealing with all of the technical difficulty. Listener, I hope that you experienced no technical difficulty on this episode. Uh, If you did, uh, let's give a round of applause to John Dupree, our, uh, you know, production engineer who is going to make it seem seamless, but uh, really appreciate the time. (laughs) Really appreciate the time, Logan. And I can't wait to support you uh, and the band more moving forward. Of course. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hang out soon. 